Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Just celebrate the winds. Uh, this time of year is actually, uh, it's a unique time of year. It's a time where uh, psychi- psychiatrists, psychologists, a lot of surveys have been done to determine that from Thanksgiving to Christmas is the most stressful time of year than any other part of the year. And people are dealing with things and they're carrying loads that like they've never carried before. Medicine for anxiety and depression and stuff like that is an all-time high, the demand for it. And people are feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling like they're at the breaking point. They're about to, you know, you ever see one of those signs say contents under pressure? Some people should wear those t-shirts, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're freaking out. There was a guy in an airplane recently, and uh, they told him to put his mask on. He got so upset, so irate, he ended up punching out the flight attendant. Now he's going to have a felony charge against him. He's going to be blacklisted from all the airlines where he can't. His whole life just took a change because he couldn't handle the stress that he was under. And the thing about God is that he cares about where we're at. Now, as we get ready to get started, I'm going to say a word of prayer for every one of us because we all deal with different issues. We're all facing different challenges. Amen? And your challenge, just because it's not the same as someone else's challenge, doesn't mean it's any less real. Doesn't mean it's invalid. But God says he'll meet you where you are. He doesn't meet us where everybody is. He meets us where you are. And he wants to help you with this. He wants to show you in his word some instructions, some steps that you can take to to remain thankful in stressful times. Because Thanksgiving is the antidote to stress. And we're going to look at what the word says about that. Amen? So as I say this, this general prayer, I want you to, to lift up your situation to God. Whatever you feel stress about right now, whatever you're feeling pressure from, just, just give it to God. Just say, God, I need help with this. You take this. But when it's not show and tell. You don't bring it and show it and then take it back again and take it home with you. When you give it to God, you leave it with God. And we're going to look at the word how he says that will help you to live life to the full. To enjoy everything he has for you, not to carry the weight of all this pressure everywhere you go, but to actually have this new freedom found in Christ. Amen? So you lift up your situation. Don't try to listen to the neighbors. Let's see what they're going through, you know? You know, this is between you and God. Amen? Father, we just thank you. Thank you so much that you're there. You're waiting for us just to bring the stresses of life, the issues that we're we're struggling with, and to lay them at your feet and to give them to you. So as we lay these down, and and Father, you know what mine are. I've already talked to you about it. Um, All of us are lifting those up to you right now, but we're doing it with faith. Faith that we expect things to change. We expect a different outcome because we've invited you into our situation, and you say that you watch over your word to perform it. So based on the promises of your word that we've received personally, we just say thank you. As we start off our Thanksgiving season, we want to first start by saying thank you to you for all that you've done, all that you've made available, and all that you've conquered in our lives. And we just want to give you glory today. 
We want to declare by faith that we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive everything you have for us. We're not going to be distracted by the enemy, by the problem, by the circumstance. We're going to stay focused on you and what your word says. We ask this, we believe it, and we declare it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. I want to welcome everybody that's watching us on the stream. Sorry you can't be here. The coolest people in the world are here. Except for those of you who are there. But it's cool if you're here. Um, but anyway, we're a little, little dark today, but uh, it's all right. We're not going to let anything stop us, right? Amen. You know, one time we were struggling and trying to find a new location for the church, and this so blessed me because somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor Mike, I don't care if we got to set on bales of hay out in the field. He goes, I'm coming to church, and we're going to have church. Amen. And it, it, this building is a great blessing. But you know what? If the lights go out, it's all right. We'll, still, we'll let our light shine, Amen. And I just encourage you, don't be distracted, because that's really what the plan is here, for the enemy to, to distract you, to make you look around, you know, what's going on, why is it, you know, don't be distracted, just, just kind of lean in to what God has for you today, not what God has for everybody, because I happen to know for a fact, he's personalized today's message just for you, not the person next to you, well, the person next to you, but for you too, amen, so we're living in these stressful times, global pandemic, political and racial unrest, uh, just all kind of stuff, skyrocketing inflation. Anybody notice the prices going up? You know, the gas, the gas pump, you notice that? I mean, they should have a tendon standing over the gun so you don't feel guilty paying for it because they're obviously robbing us. But anyway, there's so much going on. And if we're not careful, we just keep picking these things up and we stuff them inside and we stuff them inside. And now, oh, look, now this is happening. Oh, sickness. Oh, I saw on the news the flu's back. You know, it took a, took a two-year break. <laughs> I haven't figured that one out, you know. But now it's back, and it's back with a vengeance, you know. And, uh, but there's just so much stuff that just kind of keeps coming on us and stuff, and it, it, it's trying to get us to, to crack, to break, to just give up. How many ever, you know, you felt tempted to raise the white flag and say, I oh, forget it, you know. That's not the plan of God for your life. Matter of fact, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise the flag, but it's a standard of victory. He'll raise the victory flag for your life, but you've got to stay focused on him. Amen? So we've got all this stuff going on, and we now, every other commercial you see and every organization out there is talking about mental health, mental health, and it's a real deal. A lot of people are struggling with mental health like never before, and now they're adding emotional health. You got to be emotionally healthy. You got to you got to make sure all your relationships are healthy and not not toxic. And you know they're they're warning us about all these different things. And I want you to know that this is not new. People have dealt with stress ever since man messed up in the garden. How I many you know that's when stress started? You know what? <laughs> There's a consequence for what I do. What? <laughs> you know. And uh, so we start you know, this, this ball of stress, and it's a snowball, and unfortunately right now it's getting huge, and it's trying to cause an avalanche in people's lives where they finally just give up, medicate, and relax instead of fighting the good fight of faith, and I'm encouraged, and there's nothing wrong with medication. Medication helps a lot of people, but that's not your answer. That will be your support until you walk out the answer that God promises in his words. Does that make sense? So I'm not picking on anybody, but in 1967, there's two psychiatrists. One was named Thomas Holmes. The other one was Richard Ray. And they, they came up with this, this stress inventory. 
And what they did was they, they listed all of these different, it started with 43, I think it's up to almost 100 now, but it started with 43, all of these life change units, they called it, like the death of a loved one. That has so many points. Uh, if you get married, that's so many points. Change of a job, if you move, um, a birth of a child, all these things end up and they all have different um, points. And then when you get to the bottom of it, you total it, and what they've discovered is the total in, in, in your, your stress um, load that you're carrying actually leads people to suffer not only depression, not only anxiety, but major diseases. They've tracked it and they've proven that if your stress level stays high, you're more apt to get arthritis, cancer, diabetes, all of these things. You say, well, I thought that was just something that you got, you know, like, but a lot of it is stress-related, and they've proven it scientifically. And what God's Word tries to show us is there's a better way to handle stressful situations. Amen. Don't just stew over it, you know, don't just sit there and worry, you know, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. Worrying doesn't do anything good for you. Matter of fact, it only hurts you. It's like open the door and inviting the thief into your house. People say, well, you know, I, I, I was just a born worrier. You, nobody was born a worrier. That's something you learn. That's something you're either taught by your parents or other people in your life, or it's self-taught, where you constantly sit and meditate on what if instead of what is. What if this happens, and what if that happens, and, and what if the economy crumbles, and what if, what if you know, what if, what if I do get sick, and, and, and what if I lose my... The whole time you're paying interest on a debt you don't have. It hasn't happened yet, but you're acting as if it did, and you're allowing it to affect your life as if it did, and it comes in, and there's a price to pay when you open the door for this, this stress, this worry. Amen? So we're going to look at God's Word, and we're going to see exactly how, how to handle this. I, when I was, um, we, I was early, I was, I was either dating the girl in my dreams, or I'd actually married her. But anyway, um, I went to Minneapolis for a business meeting. This was when I was in corporate America, not in ministry. And uh, I'm there. I think it was right before we got married. But anyway, uh, I went there, and they had invited uh, managers from all over the country, some of them from other countries, uh, to this meeting because we were the future face of the corporation. It was a worldwide corporation. And they wanted to teach us how to keep ourselves healthy and how to stay on course so we can run the company better. So we get there, and they start teaching us about stress and how to deal with it. And this is like 40 years ago. So long as some of you, I know I don't look that old. But anyway, so I'm in Minneapolis. Tell me this isn't stressful. Minneapolis in January. It's like the coldest place in the world. I mean, it was horrible. I wore every stitch of clothes I had, and I was still freezing constantly. And then you go in, and you're like this, and they go, are you stressed? I'm dying over here, you know. But anyway, so they give us this test. If you get 150 on the test, you're doing good. There's, there's, there's no expectation that, you know, you're going to have any negative effects of the stress load you're carrying. But it goes up in increments. If you get up to 300, then you're expected to, within two years, have a major illness and a possible breakdown. That's, that's, that's how serious this is. And when we did the test... They used me as the class example because my score was 800. And they said, dude, you're gonna, you'll probably die on the airplane on the way home. You know, 
<laughs> and I'm like, well, thanks for the pep talk, you know. <laughs> thanks for bringing me to the frozen north just to tell me it's all over. But the truth was, there was issues in my life I had to deal with. There were situations that I had to approach in a different way because I was carrying the stress of all of that. And I learned in those meetings how important it is. Now, they gave me the world's answer, but how many know God's answer is better? God's answer never leaves you, never forsakes you. And when I went there and learned some of that, and then as I got into, uh, I got back into church and walking with God, it's incredible how many times over and over again, in God's word it says not to worry, don't be stressful, don't pick up, don't be anxious. He's warning us about this over and over again. But so many of us, we read the Bible with these religious goggles on. You know, I used to go to nightclubs and stuff, and uh, I used to partake of the... Forbidden fruit, the uh, the the devil's uh, wine. No, you know, try to say, Chris, you made me corny. You were corny, and you made me. <laughs> I didn't know it was contagious. I'm standing over here, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I drank a lot and I partied a lot. Okay, this is the old days. This is before walking with Jesus, but there was things called beer goggles. Anybody ever heard of them? Because yeah. you know, you go to the club and you go there to meet somebody. And, you know, it's amazing how much more attractive people get as the night goes on. <laughs> when you first walk in, you're like, whoa. No, I'm going over here. By the end of the night, you're like, hey, baby. <laughs> you know, because you got these beer goggles or whatever you're drinking on, and it distorts reality, right? So I've had a few of those situations where it was shocking. You know, and they probably did too. They probably thought, wow, this guy's great. What happened to him, you know? <laughs> but anyway, it distorts. And, and there's a way that the devil is, is working on us, and he tries to get us so stressed and so focused on the problems and the negativity and what's not working in the world that we get these beer goggles or stress goggles, if you will, and we actually have this expectation that it's just going to get worse. People say, oh, well, just wait till the next shoe, the, the other shoe drops, which I never understood that. But anyway, it means something worse is coming. You ever heard anybody say that? Yeah. Just old people, young people are going. <laughs> anyway, it just means that something bad's going. You're, you're literally programming yourself, and you're expecting things to get worse. It's like, now, if this is your favorite character, don't get offended. But it's like you're becoming Eeyore. You know, there are church, church of Eeyores where all people do is walk around, well, bless Jesus, you know, the sky's falling and we'll all be dead tomorrow, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, and, and then they go and invite their friends. Hey, would you like to come to my church? I'm like, no. I don't even want to drive by it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I want to go to a church where it's fun, where you can smile and laugh. The joy of the Lord is our strength, right? We refuse to baptize in lemon juice. We don't do it. There's some people, man, you, it looks like, wow, you got pickled, man. What happened? And it's because they program themselves to look through these stress goggles, these negative goggles, and that's literally all they see. But God, in his word, he tells us, he goes, you, you need to work on this. You need to focus on this. And our goal here at Faith Family Church is not just to preach at you. Anybody could preach at you. Our goal is to take the word of God and make it plain in such a way that it becomes relevant to you. And you actually see that it's real, it's alive. 
And if you apply it to your life, it makes a positive difference. Amen? It's not just about getting saved. Yeah, we want everybody to get saved, but we want you to enjoy life before you go to heaven. And so does God. Amen? In 1 Timothy 4, it tells us that that we're to take the time and, and to make the effort to keep ourselves spiritually fit. We need to be spiritually fit. Now, what does that mean? It means that you don't let the world circumstances knock down what God says about you and what his word promises you. That you stay fit. You know when you see somebody fit? Not me. But anyway, (laughs) when you see somebody really fit, guess what? You know they put effort into it, right? You sit there. Me and my son, Jared, we send jokes to each other. And every once in a while, there would be a video come up with some guy that's just absolutely incredible shape. And one guy was literally, he, he was, I don't even know you could do this, but his exercise and his stomach looked like, you know, just he, I thought six pack was a limit. This guy like had eight or 10. It was crazy. And he's just so chiseled. So I sent it to Jared. I said, this is my new exercise I'm doing every morning. <laughs> and of course, Jared says, I've been doing that for a year. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is that when you see somebody that fit, you know, the effort went into it. You didn't take a pill and that happened. If you did, I'd take it. I would take it every day, you know. But there's not a pill that does that. It takes effort. And if you want to be spiritually fit, it takes effort. Not works where you got to work to be saved. No, because you're saved, you work at applying the word to your life so that you can be spiritually fit. And how many know when you're spiritually fit, when the storms of life come, you don't get knocked over? You may get shaken. You may even get pushed around a little but you're founded on the rock of Jesus Christ and you're able to stand because you're spiritually fit. Amen? Amen? So that's what we're talking about. We're going to look in, uh, and we're going to start this this week and end it next week. But, and next week, we're going to, as we end this, we're going to take communion. And the reason we're going to take communion is because Jesus at the Last Supper, he said, do this in remembrance of me. It's only because of Jesus that we can do any of this. It's only because of what he did for us that we're able to do what the Bible instructs us to do. So as we look at this, and and there's going to be effort if you want to have a peaceful life, if you want to have a life that has less stress and more celebration in it, then there's going to be some effort that you'll have to do. I'm not going to judge you if you don't do it. I'm just going to make it available to you. Amen? So we're going to be looking in Philippians chapter 4. It's an incredible uh, book of the Bible, my favorite book of the Bible, as a matter of fact. But in Philippians chapter 4, we can see where God is instructing us how to live life, how to do it in a proactive way, how to, how to make the effort first so when the problems and the stressful times come, they don't knock you over, but you actually are able to stand. And the Bible says once you've done all to stand, stand. Why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the problem, than he that's in the situation. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, amen? And that's really where we have to get to, and we've got to see ourselves doing that. Because the Bible tells us this, it says, as a man or woman thinks in his heart, so is he. So it doesn't matter what other people think of you. What matters is what you think of you. Now you can let what they think of you determine what you think of you, or you can let what God says about you determine what you think of you. And you're gonna have the results from either one of those, amen? But as a man, as you think in your heart, so are you. So if you want to change your circumstances, 
you got to change what's in there. You got to change what you let in. You got to change what you focus on. You got to change what you're listening to. You know, if you listen to negative news all the time, you're going to be negative. If you listen to how the economy is going this way and the, the Republicans are doing that and the Democrats are doing that and, you know, it's all a conspiracy and stuff, pretty soon you're going to be the most negative person around because you do nothing but take all that in. And I'm not saying don't watch the news. We should take time to watch the news and you should be informed. But don't take it to the point that you become conformed. That you start looking like what you're listening to. You start looking like what you're watching. Because if you're not careful, you will. And that's why the Bible tells us we got to take heed what we hear. Don't let just anything come in as much as it wants to. Because it will change the course of your life. Pastor Mike, I thought this was just a, you're going to say a few words and then we're going to eat today. You're going to pay for that meal today. No, I'm just kidding. So, all right, now let's go. So, here we are, verse 4, and I'm just going to read um, our Philippians 4. I'm going to read verse 4. I didn't give it to them in the back because I want to read it to you, and I want you to hear this. May you always, that word always is a big word. All right, what happened? What's going on? Is it up there? Uh, Nick's up there saying, Pastor Mike. <laughs> Nick, you're blessed, brother, and I'm blessed that you're back there. All right. I didn't realize I gave it to you. I'm better than I thought I was. But anyway, listen to this. May you always. That's a big word, always. May you always be joyful in your life in the Lord. My stepmom just died. How am I supposed to be joyful? Finances are crazy right now. The financial... Uh, situation for the world. How am I supposed to be joyful? The guy I didn't vote for got in. The guy they voted for got in. How am I supposed? There's all kind of reasons to focus on not to be joyful. But he's saying that we're to always. He doesn't say you're never going to have a problem. He doesn't say there's never going to be a negative circumstance coming down the road at you. But in the midst of that, he's saying that you can always be joyful in your life in the Lord. Now, I know that's pretty tall, tall order, and advice is much easier given than received. You ever notice that? Man, some people can give the best advice, but they won't take a word of it for themselves. I was having a talk with somebody just a couple days ago, and we don't even realize it. As a minister, you're always looking to better people. You're always looking to say, hey, you know what? This is what the word says, but when the stuff comes to our house, it's easy for us to be like everybody else. Oh, man, what am I gonna do? This, everything's bad. We're human too. And we have to remind each other, just like we remind you, hey, hold on a second. What are you focusing on? What, what are you looking at right now? Because it sounds like you're not looking at the promise. It sounds like you're totally focused on the problem. And, and this is telling us here that, that we, need to, we need to discover how can I always, that's, that's a powerful word, how can I always, how can I always be joyful by being in the Lord? by my life in the Lord, by, by putting that first and foremost and letting problems, you know, come later. But first and foremost, I'm focused on what it means to walk with God. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be somebody who's accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? It means you focus on Him first. You're going to have problems. The news is always going to be the news, and it's usually going to be negative, and you're going to have things that come up in life that you weren't expecting, are some things you were expecting, but they just are heavy and they hurt. But through no longer 
stress goggles, beer goggles, but you start looking at things through God goggles. You know what? Okay, yeah, there's a challenge here. This is, this is a struggle, but what does the word say about it? Let me look at it through the perspective of the word first, what God promises first. And you'd be amazed at how those goggles kind of shrink stuff down. Sometimes your problems are so much bigger than your God, but when you start looking at it through the perspective of the word, suddenly God gets huge and the problems start to shrink. And it makes all the difference in the way you face life. Amen? So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 6. And, and don't disconnect because you can't see yourself doing this. Because nobody could do this on their own. We all need God's help to do this. But he's there to help. Amen? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Don't be anxious about anything. Man, all the always, anything. These are huge words. Don't be anxious. Don't be stressed about anything. You mean about that diagnosis the doctor gave? You mean about the news about my job? You, 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 you mean about the way I've been feeling lately? I'm not to be anxious? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. Man, another one of these big words. In everything, everything. That means the good times, the bad times, the high times, the low times. That means the worst days and the best days. In everything, present your request to God. So in the midst of my battles, in the midst of my struggles, instead of running and crying to God about the struggle, I'm to come to him with the request. Instead of saying, God, it's so hard, it's so hard, God, you don't know. He knows. He's God. You know, nobody knows. You know, God knows. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're feeling. He knows how alone you feel. He knows how empty you feel sometimes. You're supposed to come to him, not with the problem. You come with him for a request of an answer. Problems are all around us, but we go to God for the answer. We go to God for the resolve of the problem. Amen? Look at this. But in everything, by prayer and petition, there's instructions here, and there's a reason why we're going through it like this. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So I'm not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, I'm supposed to have a heart of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude. I'm supposed to, I, I remember there was a person on, on Donna's route when she was a uh, postal carrier, and she would walk in, and she was a great witness. She'd tell everybody, you know, the good news about Jesus Christ and stuff. And one lady would say, yes, I love God. That's great. And she goes, I just thank him for my cancer. Now, if you know my wife, she immediately hit the brakes. U.S. government business is on pause. I got to deal with this. And she would deal with this woman day in and day out, five days a week. She's there, and she's talking to her. Every day she'd come in, how you doing? I'm just thanking God for my cancer. I went through chemo again. And, and, and she's going with all of this negative stuff and thanking God for it, like he's the one doing it. And she kept trying to tell her. And this woman, she had been deceived into thinking that everything happens is God's will for her life. And that's not what the Bible says. Remember what we looked at the last series? Jesus said, there's a thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it to the full. How many of you would know that cancer is not life to the full? You know, not in this natural setting. 
Now, my, my stepmom, Judy, she had cancer. She's living life, best life she ever has because she's in heaven. But the window to get to heaven was a difficult one. It's not her best life. And Jesus said, I want you to have the best life. I want you to have a life to the full, one overflowing. But she had been lied to and she had been told that, well, if it happens, that's God's will. It's not true. It's not even scriptural. But it, it's just something that people propagate because they can't understand or they don't know really what the Bible says. But here we are, we're looking at this, and we're going through challenges, we're facing struggles, and we got some bad diagnosis, maybe the job outlook's not that good, and it says that I'm to be thankful in everything, always. I don't know about you, but I kind of, sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that. When, when I'm feeling the weight of my situations, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time locating the thankful part. And God's going to show us how to do it in his word. Because it is the actual answer to get through the problem, get on the other side, and walk out your testimony, letting everybody know the victory comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? You guys with me? So, present your request to God. Look at this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. What does that mean? It means it doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to know how God's going to do it. You don't have to sit there and say, well, I don't get it. Why would God have me be thankful when I'm facing a problem? Because if you trust him and you put your faith in him, he's big enough to change your problem. He's big enough to fix your problem. He's big enough to heal your body. He's big enough to get you the next job that's going to be better than the last job. He's big enough to get your kids back on course when they've taken a wrong turn and they're heading towards destruction. He's big enough to change that and to turn that around. But if all you do is look at the problem and talk about the problems, I got nothing to be thankful for, you're tying God's hands. You're literally tying his hands. He wants to do this, and he's instructing us how to do this. Look what it says, which transcends all understanding, the peace of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. Remember we just learned last series. We're to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flow the forces of life. What we let in determines what's happening out. What we allow to, to take root in our heart determines what we deal with in our natural realm. You say, well, I don't get that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you're thinking you never get a break, if you're thinking you're always sick, if you're thinking, well, my grandfather died of this and my dad died of this and you know I'm probably going to die of this, guess what? You're going to die of that. Oh, I don't believe it. Check it. Do some, some study online, not Christian, secular about people who constantly confess what they have. And there's some crazy things that come up. You literally have what you say. That's what happens. You bring, you open it. You have expectation for it. You open opportunities for it to manifest in your life. And God's saying, you need to not do that. You need to focus on me. I'm the answer. I'm the one that gets you through. Look at this. Hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable... Think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Why do you think God put this in his word? I mean, do you think that he's setting up in heaven and saying, oh, what can I say now? Hmm, I'll just tell him to think about stuff. No, he's given us the answer on how to work through stressful times, how to get through difficult times, how to work through the storms of life. He's saying, if you'll do this, this is going to be the outcome. Finally, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things. 
Focus on these things, because if you do that, then the God of peace will be with you. That's pretty cool. So what, what's, what's the downside of this? What is the negative side? Patrick Chris taught a message, actually one of your best, um, a couple weeks ago about our emotions and how the emotions are constantly fighting to get into the driver's seat of our life. And they'll always take you into a crash site <laughs> because they're not meant to, de- to determine your life. They're not meant to steer your life. They're only meant to accent your life. Emotions aren't bad. People say, well, I'm not emotional because, you know, I think that. No, emotions are good, but you have to keep them in check. You have to use them the way God designed, not to control your life, but to bring action. You know what? Emotions are good. When somebody passes away, God gave us these tear ducts, and, and, and he gave us the ability to mourn the loss so that we don't push it down inside and keep it bottled up and then have negative effect. We're able to process and work through that with our emotions, but our emotions are not supposed to control us. There are some people who, when they lose someone, they never get past it. They never move beyond that because they just keep living in that one moment of loss instead of going ahead and processing and allow God to help them to deal with it so they can go on and continue to live their life. They stay in the moment. And that moment is not healthy and it's not good. So we're going to look at this and we're going to get started today, finish next week. But in this scripture, there's actually four steps that God gives us so that we can learn to remain thankful in stressful times, to go ahead and focus on him even in the midst of a storm. And they are, I'm going to read them to you, and then we're going to look at the first one today. The first one is, step one, is to worry about nothing. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. Some of you identify as a worrier. Some of you, you tell people, well, I'm just a worrier, and you will remain a worrier until you start applying God's word to your life, until you make the diligent effort to see that thing change. Amen? So, and that doesn't mean that I'm judging you. It doesn't mean I'm saying that you're less than. It means the devil has duped you into buying into a lie that worry will help, and it doesn't. Amen? Second one is pray about everything. You know, when I grew up, I don't know if the preacher actually said this, but it's what I heard, that if you go to God with a prayer for yourself, that that's selfish, and it offends God, and he won't answer it. I, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when I was a kid, that devastated me. Because I had situations I wanted to pray about. I had situations that nobody on earth could help me, and God's this wonderful being, and I want to go to him, but I can't ask him for me. So I either have to go convince somebody else to ask God for me, which is still kind of selfish if you think about it, or I just got to suck it up and, and, and figure God's no help to me. And that really was the start of me distancing myself from God. Because as a young boy growing up in church, I loved God. I loved everything about it until I started hearing this religious stuff that started causing me to think he wasn't the God I thought he was. He didn't really love me. He just wanted to condemn me. He didn't really care about what I was going through. He just was mad because I'd done some things I shouldn't have done. And because he was mad at me, he kind of turned his back on me. And when you love God, but you feel like he's turned his back on you, that's a desolate place. That's a place that can really bring struggle in your life. So if we were to pray about everything, anything, everything, whatever you're facing, if it concerns you, it concerns God. That's how much he loves you. If you're struggling with something, he wants to be standing next to you saying, this is how we get through this. This is where we need to go. This is the steps we need to take. He cares about you more than you can even imagine. And the lies of religion have told us that we're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to go to our Heavenly Father and ask him to meet us where we're at. 
that we should be embarrassed for even having that struggle. God, no, why do you think he sent us a savior? Because we need one. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He expects us to open our lives up to him so that we can walk out the perfect plan he has for us. Amen, you guys with me? Number three, thank God in all things. Thank God in all things. It's a big word, we're gonna talk about that next week. And number four is, think about the right things. You're to, on purpose, diligent, by effort, you're to determine what you think on, and you should be thinking about the right things. Verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything, don't fret or have any anxiety. Well, you know, we're, we're to actually not have any anxiety. We're not to have any stress. We're not, I'm, you know, we're, if, when stress comes, we're to immediately take it and throw it to God and let it go. We're not to keep it and hold it and water it and feed it and, plant and you know, get it to multiply. We're to say, oh man, this is big, this is tough. First thing, God, I need help. Heavenly Father, this is what I'm facing. You know, the, the older you get, which I'm finding out, it's crazy. If anybody would have told me when I was 20 that I was going to get to be 60, I would have never believed it. You know, actually, I don't think anybody really would have believed it. That <laughs> You ain't going to make it. But I'm almost 60 years old. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I look absolutely amazing for 60, right? Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> What a cheap, selfish manipulation of people's love. <laughs> but it felt good. But it felt good. But the older I get, the more vulnerable I, I realize I am without God. Without God, there's, there's things that, man, before, pff, I ain't afraid of that. But as you get older, as you realize life is limited, suddenly you realize, wow, these things are serious. They could take me out without God. And it causes me as I get older to lean more into God and my relationship with him so that I can face those storms. Amen? And my focus is so important. Matthew 6, 34 says this, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have learned as I've gotten older that worry is a drain. It doesn't add to, it takes away. And it doesn't add, one, one scripture says this, it gets, can anybody, can anybody add one hour to their life by worry? And the answer is no. Matter of fact, you'll lose. You'll lose time by worrying. So I'm telling you, I, I just want you to hear this today, especially, don't buy the lie that you have to worry. Don't do it. Stop that. Grab it. Cast it down and replace it with what God's word says about the situation. Hey, I may, it may look like I can't go on, but God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It may look like that diagnosis is, is a, a, the a game changer, but my word says that, that God sent his word and healed me. My word says that by the stripes on Jesus' back, I was healed. And you may say, well, Pastor Mike, how can you say that when your stepmom just died of cancer? Think about it. It's not easy to stand up here and say that. But I don't judge God and his word based on one person's circumstance. If I did, none of us would have a victory. And you know what? I'm not judging Judy. I just know that God's word says this, and I believe it to be true. And I've seen many people walk out their healing, and I know that Judy was tired. And she had a, uh, she had a vision of what heaven was like, and she did not want to fight the fight. 
She, she didn't, you know, and my dad said, he goes, she, she's just not willing to fight. My dad's a fighter. He always has been growing up. He was, he was actually fighting the wrong way, but he, he's a fighter now for, for Jesus, man. I mean, he, he stands with you. He'll pray. He believes God for the best. He's fighting some situations in his life, getting over this, the thing about aging. He's a little bit older than I am, and, uh, you know, life throws these curveballs, but my dad has learned to fight the good fight of faith which means I put my confidence in the word of God, not in the struggle. And it makes the difference. Amen? So we're not to worry about anything. Everything's going to have worry for itself. Every day is going to have it. But don't waste your time today worrying about tomorrow. Actually, today is the tomorrow you were worrying about yesterday. (laughs) And you made it. You're here. You got through. So expect God to help you keep going. Amen? How do I do that, Pastor Mike? How do I stop worrying? How, what's, what's the, give me the steps. There's really one step. It's live moment to moment. Instead of thinking about, oh my God, what could happen in a year, think about what God's done for me today. What God's providing his word today. I have a challenge, but you know what? If they give you six months to live, celebrate the next six months on the, the healing power of Jesus. Thank God for all that he's doing. Stand the gap hold on to the word, and let God show up and make a difference. Amen? You got to stop worrying. Worrying opens the door for it. Live and focus and appreciate what you have today. (laughs) Sorry to bore bore you. I'm not going to focus on that. For you on the stream, uh, somebody just left a very relaxing sigh (laughs) and I believe God's going to give his beloved rest (laughs) after service (laughs) anyway here's the bottom line I'm going to close with this guys God is teaching us something about human behavior God knows us better than we even know ourselves he knows the things that you're you're predisposed to doing and he's trying to say, hey, that's not the right way. Amen. You know, that, don't, don't look at the negative. Don't talk about the negative. Don't broadcast it to everybody you know. Well, guess what happened today? No, call and give him a testimony. I don't have a testimony. Then you ain't hanging with God. I, I'm just going to be straight with you. If you don't have any testimony in your life, you're not making room for God in your life. Because when he shows up, good things happen. Yeah. Amen? If we will do what he tells us to do, we're going to live a stress-free, blessed life. Doesn't mean we won't have challenges. Doesn't mean there won't be storms. But it means a God that's bigger than the storms, bigger than the challenges, will show up on our behalf. And we'll have a testimony to share with our loved ones. Amen? So today, as we gather for Thanksgiving, if you don't get anything else out of this, realize that God's got a better way than what we think is. The Bible says his way is above our ways. He knows tomorrow because he's already there. You don't have to fret because he's already there and he'll guide you through whatever it's coming, whatever tomorrow brings. He'll show you the way to get through, but you got to make room for him. Stop doing your default and start proactively on purpose doing what he instructs us to do in his word. And we'll get to some even better stuff next week, but I really wanted to kind of set the stage and get you to focus on for the next week, make a determination. I'm not going to worry. And the minute your mind starts to go to worry, just start glorifying God for who he is. 
I don't care if you're at work. I don't care if you're in public. So I, you know, you could be pushing your cart and see the price of those pork chops. They go, oh, good Lord. And just say, Father, I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. I can pay the bill for my groceries. I'm going to pay that guy's groceries too just because I know I got a big God. Amen? You, I'm telling you, stop worrying and just start making room for God. He's going to show up. And I want to hear your testimonies of Thanksgiving on the Facebook page. On, we got a Facebook, right. On our Facebook page. Yeah. Listen, I would still be with the cup and string if it was up to me. All this stuff. I had so much struggle today because all this new technology that makes everything easier stressed me out this morning. But anyway, <laughs> I can't focus on that. <laughs> I got to focus on God. Help me. Help me, Lord. Uh, anyway, I want to hear your testimonies. Put them on Facebook. Let, let people know that God's moving in your life. Amen. When you make room for him, he shows up. Amen? And we're going to find out the way to get through life without carrying all the stress and the heartache and the anguish from it. But we're going to be celebrating and, and enjoying everything that God has for us. Amen? And guys, this, this goes, close it with this, this goes with that thing on the inside you haven't told anybody. Think about this. This goes with, for that thing that, that you don't even want to acknowledge. A thing that, that gnaws at you. Makes you feel like you're a hypocrite. Makes you feel like you're, you're a poser. Is that still a word? No? I got a couple of you, yeah. Hector's got my back, man, all the time. If, 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 I, if I charge hell, he's with me. And he'll have two squirt guns in each hand. So, you're important. Those people are important. But anyway, it makes you feel like nothing's real because you feel like you can't be real. But you know, the Bible says God knows the, the very core, your, the intent of your heart. He knows what you're going through, and he'll help you process those things that we don't tell anybody about so that we can actually live our life who we were meant to be and become the person he created us to be. Amen? Amen? This next week, you're going to see things happen if you'll just apply this first step. Don't worry. Focus on God. If you feel overwhelmed, scream, cry out. Yell, God, I need help. You know, if you really were in danger, you wouldn't sit there and go, help. <laughs> well, I don't want to disturb anybody. Come on, you're going to be screaming at the top of your lungs. Help! God's waiting. He's waiting on you to cry out to him. And he'll show up. Amen? I love you guys. Thanksgiving today. We're very thankful for God's word. And I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, today is the day. Today. Today's the day of salvation, which means today's the day that all of the benefits of walking with you and having your son as our savior is available to us. Today, we celebrate who you are to us, who we are to you your children that you love so much. We're not perfect. You already know that. We have struggles. You already know that. But you love us enough to meet us right where we're at. Help us. Hold us. Restore us. And put us back on our feet, heading the right direction. If you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ, then I want to encourage you that today can be that day for you. You can turn from the problems and turn from the inadequacies of life. And you can turn to a God who's more than enough, who loves you so much. And he's just looking for an opportunity to come into your life and to change everything, everything for the better. So if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life and you'd like to, and maybe you've never heard a message like this in church, maybe you went to Eeyore's church and all you heard about what was wrong, but today you're hearing what's right. 
And if that's something you say, I want, it, I want that, I want that God, then I'm going to encourage you to raise your hand. If you're on the stream, you also can raise your hand. You're not raising it to me anyway. You're raising it to God. And you just make room for him. And you say, God, I need you. I'm opening my life up, and I'm asking you to come into my life. Anybody here willing to do that today? I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is just between you and God. I just want to know who I'm going to be praying for. But if that's you, could you raise your hand? I just feel like there's somebody here and you're dealing with this. You're thinking you're not good enough. You're thinking that you've messed up too much. Those are lies. Those are lies. God loves you right where you are. He loves who you are. And he wants a relationship with you. So if that's you, I'm just going to take a minute because I'm not sure. I don't want to ever rush it to where you don't get an opportunity to open your life to God. I'm going to look from one side to the other one more time. It's totally up to you. I don't want to talk you into it, but I want you to have an opportunity to, to make, make that step towards God. Anybody? Looking at the left, going to the right. Okay, we're all saved that want to be. Maybe it's somebody online. I don't know, but I know God knows, and he loves you. But if it is somebody online, let's say this with them. Father, today, I believe Jesus Christ came and paid the price, the full price, for anything and everything I have ever done or will do. He took the sin of mankind, restoring our relationship with you. I believe that in my heart, and I'm confessing it with my mouth. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to end the service by honoring God, by worshiping God with our finances, with our tithes and our offering. If you want to be a part of that, we have a bucket in the back. You can go online. You can do it on your phone. You can go to the uh, square in the back. You, whatever you want to do it. It's up to you. It's between you and God. But I encourage you to do it. Amen? You make room for him in your life that way. You, you put him as first. And when he shows up as first, it changes everything. Amen? Amen? So also, we're going to like not hang out in here because we got some people and if you want to stay and help we'd appreciate it we're going to move these chairs set up tables get everything ready so we can have a party amen i love you guys if you have any questions because sometimes when you tell people don't worry about anything always be joy they struggle with that and we're here for you amen we're, we're willing to talk i'll talk to you about it over a turkey leg if you want today so anyway i love you guys This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.